0: Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Michelle Pompert, and I have with me the wonderful Nicole Kepik, who is a copywriter and just generally lovely person. So thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me. Would you like to introduce yourself properly? (laughs)
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We have chatted a few times, and I always love our conversations. So I am a conversion copywriter. Um, I write for coaches, creatives, um, service providers. It's, yeah, <laughs> I tried a niche, but it's kind of a wide audience. But basically, it's anybody who has uh, struggles with writing their own copy, um, website copy, sales page copy, email copy. So they either don't have the time to write or the desire or they say they don't have the expertise. So that's where I come in to help them. And it's ninety nine point nine percent women, which I love writing for. So,
0: yeah, (laughs) that's awesome.
1: You and I connected, I think, first
0: in Sarah Massey's VIP group. She does VIP days. And I know that has completely transformed your business. I would love to hear what your journey was between, you know, the typical client project to this VIP day model.
1: Yeah, I, I switched to VIPs right around the time when I went full time in my business, because I'd been side hustling for so long for like 10 years. And yeah, at that point, I had just so many different services and offerings. So if you went to my website, it was pretty, it wasn't that it was unclear. It's just there were so (laughs) many things to choose from, which kind of goes against the whole clear messaging vibe. And you know, the thing that I was always touting for other people, but on my website, I had so many services and so many different offerings. And then every, every project had required custom pricing. So Mm -hmm. I found when clients came to me and said, Oh, I've got this project, I would just spend so much time creating these (laughs) custom proposals. And, you know, I had a Canva template, but then I, you know, I was a big on like, everything has to be pretty, everything has to be on brand. So that took a lot of time. And then just the just the thinking of, well, how much should I charge for this? And this project's different. And I would just like spend so much time thinking, how much should I charge? Is that the right pricing? And then I'd ask my husband and he would have no idea. And um, yeah, eventually I found Sarah and then I got into the VIP day model, which made that aspect of the business alone so much simpler because then mm-hmm. I could basically say to clients, people interested in my services, this will take one day, this will take two days, this will take three days. It was just so much easier. It saved me so much time. And then if they, if they said yes, great. If they said no, then I didn't, I don't want to say waste, but I didn't spend (laughs) like, you know, six hours doing this custom proposal. It was all good. So I just found like it really simplified my life. Mm. And then it was also good for clients too, because then they always knew that they were going to get Um, their project done in a dedicated chunk they knew when it was going to start when it was going to finish it wasn't going to drag on Mm
0: -hmm. so that
1: was just so much easier I mean I could go on and on about the (laughs) it also makes it easier for me to plan my calendar and just my life in general
0: yeah I can imagine that's really helpful with the whole mum piece of that puzzle of you know planning life and business do you feel like it changed anything for you with like family planning around business?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because now when I look at my calendar, I have, you know, a digital calendar, but I also have a giant whiteboard in my office. So I've got a couple months and then I can, I can physically see on my calendar. These are the days I'm dedicated to client work. And these are the days that I have open. And then I can plan around that. Like we can plan to do impromptu trips, day trips or whatever it might be, but it's just so much easier planning. Um, And the other thing too, is I have more control over, if I get copy edits when they come in, because I'll typically mm. say, you know, these are your VIP days. Please have your edits, if any, to me within the next two days or something. Right. So <laughs> it's very um, condensed. Whereas before mm. when I was freelancing, I would, you know, it's like you would get a million, cha- everybody would have come back to you at once. Basically, if you were working on multiple projects at a time, then all of a sudden everybody would have their they're editing oh, no. like it was instead of just like in nice little neat pockets. So mm. yeah, it just goes back to the simplicity thing. <laughs> I love
0: that. I think that's a really nice through line for what I can see from the outside of your business. Like your emails are really lovely, but quite short and quite direct and your like social posts and just the way you show up is very like simple in a beautiful way. Do you feel like that's kind of a
1: theme? in how you approach your marketing too or is that just me projecting (laughs) you um i'm glad it's projected that way um yeah i mean i try to keep things simple um yeah simple clear fun casual conversational Mm. all those things um yeah i try to not do a million things at once which is (laughs) as a business owner but um yeah clarity simplicity big themes throughout my business for sure Mm, that's beautiful So
0: I feel like we jumped
1: ahead, but I got so excited about hearing
0: about your journey. But would you mind sharing with all of our listeners, what is actually copy? Why should we have it? What is it for? (laughs) Like, Give give us the basics, because I know we can sometimes overlook that.
1: Yeah, copy is essentially the words you use to promote your business, your brand. Um, and then, you know, people will often say, what's the difference between content and copy? So copywriting is typically to persuade. So you're trying to get your readers to take a specific action. So um, usually it's to buy, you want your your readers to invest in you, invest in your programs, whatever it might be, but it doesn't always have to be buying. It could be like apply for this program or um, get this free download. Um, but you're just, You're just trying to get your readers to take a specific action. Mm -hmm. So they're not just reading your content and then bouncing off the page.
0: Yeah. So for a typical business owner, that's probably 90% of the writing that they're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want them to take some kind of an action, especially Mm. as a business owner. It's not just a hobby, right? So um, at the end of the day, you need them to take that next step to work (laughs) with you. I love that. That's a it's a really
0: good explanation. I think I've heard much more convoluted marketing speak <laughs> explanations. Again, very good at the simplicity piece. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So I know you've mentioned a little bit you were freelancing before, but what is your like official background? What did you study and how did you get into this whole copywriting world?
1: Yeah, I studied journalism in university, so I did the four years journalism um, on the print side, which it's like, do they even do that anymore? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I was in the newspaper stream, I think, newspaper magazine. And so mm. I think in my mind, I wanted to go into magazine writing after I graduated Um but yeah, I think because like, I just wanted to journalism because I loved writing, but then journalism is also like being first on the scene and getting the scoop and like mm. being more aggressive, which I'm an introvert. So <laughs> that side of things, even like interviewing sometimes scared me, although I'm fine with it now, but there were just aspects of it that I was like, wait, I just want to write. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> do of things. Um, yeah. And then at the time, after I graduated, did a bit of traveling, of course, got that out of my system. And then I was dating somebody who had just gotten into fitness. Like, So he was all about working out all the time and taking protein bars, protein supplements, creatine. Like, He was so in that world. And then he happened to hear about an opening at a company called Muscle Tech for a copywriter. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, you should you should go for this. You should apply. You should apply. Uh, so I was like, okay. So I applied and the company, like I said, it was called Muscle Tech. So they were very like Very on brand for you. (laughs) Yes, very on brand. Like it was hardcore. And they didn't have any women in their marketing department. It was all like these big beefy, like bodybuilders, basically (laughs) writing um, not only male ads, but female ads. And so Mm. at some point they were like, okay, we're not doing the best job at this. We need a, we need a woman on staff. So yeah. So I got hired as the first female in their marketing department as the copywriter. And then I spent like seven years there or something. It was, it was a great company and, you wow. know, writing ads and advertorials, um, commercial scripts, like whatever, just a bunch of stuff. It was all very hypey though. Like it was very much like, like lose 20 pounds in two days. Like <laughs> it was just so, it was a bit tacky, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. yeah. So I stayed, I stayed there for a long time. And then after that, then I kind of segued more into in-house marketing departments. Um, and then more recently, I was at a design studio, so I was the senior copywriter on staff and then working with designers every day, the account teams, and then writing for whatever clients we had. Um, so it was like national, international brands and a whole mix of writing, again, video scripts or web copy, poster copy, ad copy, like just a whole mix of things.
0: So yeah,
1: yeah. so that was my nine to five world. And then at the same time, I started side hustling my own business. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where the story gets interesting or I mean, it gets interesting. But that's where I started going down the entrepreneur path. So
0: Yeah. I love that you kind of took the steps slowly out of, you know, what you probably thought of in school was like, I just want to be a writer. And it turned into actually being a business owner and copy for a purpose rather than, you know, necessarily just writing. But I, I'm curious if Do you have any advice for people who don't necessarily consider themselves writers? I will raise my hand here. I can do some copywriting, but oh boy, do I not consider myself a writer. What (laughs) advice do you have for people like me who need to write for our businesses, who need to write that persuasive copy, but find the act of writing a little hard or intimidating?
1: (laughs) Um, well, first I would say, just go easier on yourself, right? Like you don't have to be a perfect writer. And it's kind of like how a lot of us grow up thinking, or a lot of people say you are really good at science or math, and then you tell yourself, I'm not creative, mm-hmm. but so many people are creative, but they're, they don't think they're allowed to call themselves creative or they're yeah. not allowed to call themselves writers. But yeah. So first of all, I would just say like, remove that pressure. Um, yeah. And then, I can be I think... bad
0: at spelling and be a copywriter. <laughs> there you go.
1: There you go. Um, yeah, the other thing I would say is I think a lot of people, especially as business owners, when they want to come across as really credible and professional, they think their Mm -hmm. copy has to be really formal and buttoned Mm -hmm. down to convey that, but you can still be a premium brand, a professional brand and have really conversational copy or just Mm -hmm. like really down to earth copy. So, um, it's just kind of like reading your copy aloud and, and making sure it still sounds like you and sounds (laughs) like. real person versus like super formal or textbooky. So Mm. that would be one thing. Well, probably too salesy as well. I know that can be something
0: we worry about as entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. And I think it kind of goes both ways where some people Mm. are either afraid to sell, so they never write Mm. about their services, or then you have the opposite where somebody's just like (laughs) blasting it 24 seven and that's, you know, that's not good either. So.
0: Mm. How would you help someone know if they're doing too much or too little in terms of selling? Uh geez.
1: It's an impossible yeah, that's, question. <laughs> yeah, that is an impossible question. I mean, I mean, I've heard it said that you can sell. I've heard it said you can sell every day if you want to, so long as you're doing it in a way that feels authentic and feels mm. like you actually care about your readers and their yeah. their dreams and goals versus like you're just trying to sell products and pad your bank account. <laughs> so I think it's, I think if it's done in an authentic way, you could potentially mm. do it every day if you want it to show up every day on Instagram. But I mean, I personally sell a bit less. I like to get <laughs> like value added in information and information stuff too. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I guess kind of like I a gut check, right? Because you want to yeah. feel comfortable. Like you, whatever message you're putting out there, you want to feel comfortable with. If you feel Mm -hmm. kind of like icky about it, then you're not going to sell. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that's something interesting too, as you know, business owners, we also consume a lot of other people's copy, a lot of people's marketing. And I find it's really easy to tell when someone either didn't feel good writing it, or if they feel really salesy, it feels pushy. And I feel like that's maybe a really helpful reference when you're like turned off by someone else's copy. That's maybe a good sign (laughs) to not do the same on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, a little while ago, you started branching out in your business to add in some digital products. And I've personally bought both of them. I really love your (laughs) templates. And I think You've done a really good job of basically setting up a, you know, an earlier stage business owner with resources to write their welcome sequence. So when I've got a new person on their email list and then, um, create like a freebie. So I'm really curious, just genuinely as a person, like, how did you start that? What was that process like for you of adding in some products to your service based business?
1: Um, yeah, I think I was just a couple of coaches had said to me, you know, Mm. you have to diversify from the one-to-one because Mm. you're all, if you're, if you're just serving your clients one-to-one, you're going to be totally strapped to your calendar all the time. So, um, yeah, so I just thought, yeah, that's absolutely true. So I created (laughs) these digital products and, but I will say they were a lot more work than I thought because yeah, even low ticket products, I'm like, this is a lot of work, but once you have them created, um, they are great for some passive income, recurring income. My mm. thing is that I often pro- forget to promote them. So <laughs> I need to get better at doing that. They're sitting on my website, which I know is probably like just like great at your mind to have something <laughs> sitting on your website, but it's then not shame. promoting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at least I have those resources now. And mm. yeah, like you said, they're designed for people that maybe they they know they need support with copy or marketing, mm. or whatever it might be, but they don't have the um, the funds yet to invest in a VIP day or something. So I want yeah. to be able to help people at different stages of their business. Yeah. What, what stage of business do you think it is kind of right to start working with a copywriter one-on-one? Um, well, I think you should first, I mean, I would say anytime because <laughs> I mean, something to be said for having your messaging to impact right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I also know that sometimes when you're just starting out, you might be you might switch your, you might change who you're serving or, you know, switch things around. So maybe in the beginning, like DIY is totally fine because you don't want to invest a ton of money right away and then decide, oh wait, I actually (laughs) like this audience better and then Mm -hmm. have to rewrite everything. So, I mean, it could go both ways. You can invest in somebody right away and really help you with that messaging or just DIY it in the beginning. And then when you're super clear that this is what you want to be doing, then you can invest in a copywriter. Mm.
0: Okay. The web, web designer, Me he can't help but ask this. Do you think that we should do copy first and then web design or web design <laughs>
1: first and then copy? I think I do think copy first. I mean, I've had it both ways where mm-hmm. um, sometimes clients will say, I've already got a design template in place. And then can you write the words to match my template? And, you know, I'm happy to do that. But I find too, that most designers I work with will say, no, please give me the copy first. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then it it helps me structure everything. Um, It gives me inspiration. It helps me structure everything. So I find most designers will say, yes, please give the copy (laughs) first. And yeah.
0: I hope that the copywriters also agree that that is the right way around. It's, I, it's just yeah. so much
1: easier. I like doing it that way too, because then I, mm. I'm, kind, I'm literally starting with a blank slate. So I can just write as I please versus thinking, oh, I've only got a tiny section here. I have to fit my copy to that or yeah. or this, this is the size of the headline they want. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my preference too. But like I said, it can go either way.
0: Yeah, no, that's, it's helpful to hear from the other side because obviously as a web designer, I have my own bias and I recommend (laughs) things based on my own biases, even if it's unconscious, but it's good to know that from the copywriting side too, it's easier for you guys to do your full process and then we can kind of do our full process with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've also, again, I've, I know a lot of designers, I've talked to designers and, you know, sometimes they say, their struggle is when they're working with clients and then it's at the, the last hour and then the client doesn't have any copy or the client's uh, expecting them to write horrible. copy. And I'm like, that's crazy. I would never, I've never had a, a client expect me to do web design. So why would a client <laughs> expect a web designer to do copywriting? Unless, mm-hmm. unless you are gifted in both skills, which would be amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. quite a superpower. But... <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's funny. I do a lot of branding and web design projects and I've always found it surprising to clients that I ask and sort of insist on a pause between the two because branding, you know, it starts with a strategy and then the visuals, but that strategy is so helpful to inform things like your photography and your copywriting. So it's always kind of a shock to people when I quote like a long timeline before their website goes live because there's so many of these other pieces that really need to be in place before we can actually build the website itself.
1: So yeah, absolutely. A,
0: a funny and thing. I wonder
1: then, do you get people who don't realize that they need to do that branding and strategy first?
0: Yes. And usually we then have to talk through pushing their timelines out, or I've been much more consistent in the booking phase. Like, No, no, trust me, we do need this <laughs> month break because we really, really need that copy. But with the day rates, at least, there's easier ways for people to catch up and get their copy sorted.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I feel like we could talk about this all the time because it's just <laughs> such, a, such a good topic. And I think copy is so, so powerful. If sort of listeners are getting ready, if they're kind of at that stage of getting ready to work with a copywriter, what do you think the highest impact thing for them to hire for copywriting is? Like, What should they invest their first dollars in for copy?
1: I, I mean, I believe a website because I do write website copy, not <laughs> copy, copy, but website is still the number one thing that I get asked to to write. And I just think it's so important because, yes, people might find you on Instagram or another platform, but they're always going to go back to your website, to that digital mm-hmm. home, to read more about you, um, to get a feel for your brand. And like we know, too, that social media can plummet to the ground tomorrow. We don't know, <laughs> like not very likely, but. You know, your digital home, your website is so key. So I would say mm. start with that. And then you can also, like I find when I write website copy for clients too, they can take a lot of that content and repurpose it for mm-hmm. emails or social media. Like it it kind of is the foundation for everything else. So it's such yeah. a good investment design wise and copy wise, of course. Mm. I didn't lead you. I promised. I, I I, yeah, I she did not pay <laughs> me to say that. I said it of my
0: own free will. <laughs> uh. Well, Nicole, I feel like we could talk forever, but I want to keep this you know, nice and brief and actionable. But I know you have a really, really great training to help with this whole copy thing. Would you mind sharing with us a little bit more about that and how people can go and take that training? Because it is awesome. I have watched it multiple times.
1: Oh, yes. So I have a freebie. It's a, about a 15-minute video. It's called Five Must Haves for a High Converting Sales Page. So sales pages are something that you know, a lot of people struggle with too, whether it's writing for a service or a digital product or a course. So um yeah, just a quick video with some tips on that, on how you can write in a way that's um, really persuasive and powerful, but not super salesy and icky. So yeah, it's, it's helping people with that end of it. Yeah.
0: And that's on Nicole's website. You'll find it very easily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my homepage. If you scroll down, I think I also have a dedicated link to it for a landing page, but yeah. We'll share that in the in the description as well do you want to share where people can connect with you and learn a bit more about you as well yeah sure so my website is nicolekepek.com my first and last name and then on instagram i'm at nkcopywriting. i do have a facebook page but it needs some tlc <laughs> it's not the best so please go to instagram instead if you're going to choose a platform um, yeah
0: or my website I oh, love it. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. This has been really fun. And I feel like you shared some really, really helpful insights into this whole world of copy and how people can get started with it. So thank you again.
1: Oh, thank you. I honestly feel like we just hopped on this call. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was so great. Thanks, Michelle. Oh, well, thank you
0: for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in today's show and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a business friend about the show. We'll be back next week with some more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. Until then, take care. Bye.